Well, it's good to see you here this morning. Short quite a few people, but this weather has kept a lot of people in. And uh, I want to say something here right fast. It's, uh, you know, we, we, we lost Sherry Geis. Uh, she passed away last Friday, the 3rd. And uh, we're going to... Uh, have a visitation, David, and if at uh, she will be at Alexander's funeral home. Do y'all know where that is out here on 199, right on the corner of 199 and Jaybird Lane? Just go through Lahana out here, go by the fire station, go through that light. The very next light on 199 is Jaybird Lane. Well, she's going to be there, and she's going to have a visitation this coming Friday. Uh, from 6 to 8 p.m. At, at Alexander's. So we will have a visitation there. And then Saturday morning or Saturday evening at, at noon, we'll have her, her funeral service here at the church. So we appreciate if you could be here. We'd love to have you here. And uh, it will be like a celebration of life, eternal life. That's where Sherry's at. She's in heaven. She's healthier than she's ever been. She's alive. She's well. And uh, so it just, uh, it's, it shouldn't be, you know, when you when you know somebody and you know that they know the Lord Jesus Christ, you know where they're at and you know that they are now no longer suffering. They're no longer in pain, sickness, or anything else. They're healthier than they've ever been. And the celebration of life is eternal life that she will now has eternal life. She will live forever. So uh, that will be, her, her service will be Saturday at 12 noon here at the church. So love to have y'all here and join us. And after the service, we will serve a meal next door. And uh, if y'all will get with Linda and everything and Excuse me. <clears throat> and but it, it, we just want to do this for David, and he will have some of his family here, and just kind of help them out. And uh, something else I would like to do, instead of flowers and things like that, you know, the flowers don't last very long. I would like for us as a church to take up a love offering and give it to David to help with some of the expenses of the funeral. You know, a funeral's very expensive and runs into some quite a bit of money. And uh, but uh, I'm, I think I would like to do that not this, not today, but next Sunday. And uh, that way, people kind of be ready. Some people not ready right now to different things. You might think about it. And uh, but we would like to take up a love offering and. Uh, help David out with some of the things that's uh, going on instead of flowers. You know, flowers just kind of fade away. They don't last very long. <clears throat> and Sherry will be cremated. But her body will be here after the service. Her body will be taken to the crematory and uh, taken care of. So uh, she will be buried at Laurel Land out off of Crowley Road. That's a 
kind of where her family is, her mother and her father and, and some of them. So, but that will come later. We will not go to the, <coughs> excuse me, to the funeral, I mean out to the cemetery after the service. And uh, there will probably be, David and them will go out there and her, him and his family and uh, take care of uh, the ashes everything she will be buried out there in a plot so but anyway I just wanted to let y'all know that about the visitation about the funeral service and if you can please join us here and then we'll have we'll have after the funeral service we'll have a lunch next door and uh, <clears throat> I need y'all also to keep the Bramlets in prayer I've, I've been talking with them and visiting with them everything and called me this morning and said they just uh, Pat's going through some things right now. She's going through a lot of confusion. We don't know if it's medicine. We don't know exactly what's going on. She's not sleeping, and she's just worn out. She says, I just feel so exhausted. And she, on her own, is going to do away with some of the medicine she's taking. She says she feels like it's some of the medicine. They put her on about seven different kinds of medicine, and uh, who knows what they're doing. So, uh, Y'all just keep uh, the Bramlets in prayer for their health and thing. And she she says that uh, on the, in the testing that COVID pneumonia is over with through. She does not have that anymore. <clears throat> so y'all keep the Bramlets in prayer. Rex Drennan, he's, his brother right now is under hospice care and he's not doing well at all. It's just a matter of time as Rex was telling me before he will go home. So y'all keep Rex and his family in prayer as uh, as they go through this time. You know, it seems like there's just so much going on right now and everything that we sung a song a while ago. It was simply called Standing on the Promises of God. How many of us actually stand on the promises of God? How many of us stand on the promise? You know, God's made some great promises to his people. And many of them are conditional promises. God says, I will do this if you will do this. So we are under an obligation, too, that we have to be faithful, faith in God, that he will do what he says he'll do, and not doubt that he won't do what he says he'll do. And uh, matter of fact, my sermon is called The Belief That Saves. We have to have faith. We have to have belief. But I want to read about three scriptures here. It has nothing to do with my sermon. But as we were seeing a while ago here, God on the mountain, standing on the promises of God, we've got some great promises to stand on. And I want to read you something here. It's out of the book of Isaiah. It's Isaiah uh, chapter 43, verses uh, 1 through 3. Now this here was... Uh, was, was given to Israel, these promises. But now, they're also for us. You know, Jesus said, for now, there is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. He sees us equally with our faith and our beliefs in God. And this is a promise that was made, and it's a great promise. And you can use this promise, and I'm gonna, I want to share it with you here just right fast. And <clears throat> he said, 
But now thus says the Lord that created thee, and me, and he that formed thee, O Israel, it says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. God knows you personally. He calls you by your name. You are mine. He said, you belong to me. You know, the Bible tells us that, 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 that Jesus paid a great price for us. He bought us. We belong to him now. And then it goes on and says, And when you pass through the waters, I will be with thee. When you pass through the rough times and the hard times, I'm going to be with you. I will be with you through the rivers, and they shall not overflow you. They're not going to pull you down. They're not going to pull you under, because he's got his hands on you. And when you walk through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. When you go through those really hard times, just remind God, God, when Isaiah, you made a promise to me. Lord, I'm standing on that promise. Because I believe your word, and I know you're talking to me. <clears throat> and the flame shall not kindle upon thee. You shall not be burned. It says that you'll come through this, and you won't even have the smell of smoke on you. Because God's hand is on you. He's covering you. He's watching over you. He's protecting you. And then here in this last verse, he says, For I am the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Sebeoth for, the, for thee. He said, I gave so much for you. And he's talking about he gave his son. He gave his one only begotten son so that we could have all these promises and these things that, that God has promised us. It's through our faith and our belief in God that makes these possible. Now, if you don't believe it, you know, don't, don't even pray it. Don't even mention it, because it won't do you a bit of good. He looks at our faith. He looks at our belief. And he, you know, over in the book of James, it says, For if you doubt, do not think that you shall receive anything. Now, he's very serious about that. If you doubt what I did, if you doubt how much I love you, if you doubt that I died for you, if you doubt that I don't love you, if you doubt that I can't do these things, you won't see them. He says, do not let the doubter think that he shall receive anything. So it's best to believe, have faith, and trust in God to fulfill his promises in your life. You know, I know that many times when I go to visit somebody, here, here the other day I was over there at the Bramlets visiting with them. And I use a lot of scripture when I'm praying with them because that's God's word. This is what God says. He says, I will do this. I will do this if you will have faith and you will believe. I was over there not long ago when they moved in and praying with them and everything and even took, anointed their home. But blessings would fall upon that home that when people walked in that door that, that, that God would be covering them. That when they walked in that door that they would know this is a house that serves God. 
done that at Curtis and them's house. I've done it at April's house. I've done it at David and Debbie's house. You can do it to your own house. Get you some oil. Just anoint, just anoint the front door where the people come in. As they pass under that, just pray that, Lord, whoever passes through these doors will know this is a house that belongs to you, that we serve you. What does it say over in Joshua? But for us, me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Y'all serve who you want to, but I am serving the Lord. So God has given us many, many great and wonderful promises to stand on. And like I said, when I pray for this church, when I pray for you as individuals, I use God's word. Because I know he will honor that word. So when you pray, you're better off to find you some scripture. Stand on that scripture. God, this is your word. This is what you have said. God, I'm standing on your word for you said your promises cannot fail. Whatever God has promised, he will do. He will do them. You know, if God didn't do them, he'd be called a liar. And he says, for he is a God that cannot lie. So what God has promised, believe it, count on it, stand on it, believe it in faith, and then watch what God does. <clears throat> But today I would like to just bring y'all a short message, and today we will also have communion. And uh, but the, the, like I said, the title of my message is the the belief that saves. How strong is your belief? How strong is your faith in God? Have you ever just really sat down and thought, Do I really and truly believe what God is saying? Am I doubting anything that God is saying? It's very important that we, as God's people, we as Christians believe and stand on the Word of God. And, you know, there are so many people out there, and you probably know them too, they say they're Christians, but yet they don't really believe. They don't really believe. And then they wonder, why is these things happening in my life? Why do these things keep going on? Put your faith in God and not doubt God and then watch what changes in your life you know when we put our total faith and hope in God things change and that's what kind of what we're going to look at today is uh, I just call it a, a belief that saves how strong is your belief in Jesus Christ how strong is your belief in God how strong is your belief in the word of God that makes all the difference in the world is what God does in your life. And there's a lot of people that will call upon the name of Jesus and they don't get answers and they say, why? Listen, here in, 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 in the book of Matthew, in, ver in chapter 7, verse 21, now this is Jesus talking. Listen to what he says. He says that not everyone who does good things for God will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now I'm going to read you the scripture. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. What is the will of the Father? Let's look at John 6.40. We see that the Father's will is... And this is the will of him that sent me. Now, this is still Jesus talking. 
This is the will of my Father. That everyone which sees the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up the last day. It's our faith. It's our belief. Uh, <clears throat> we are given the gift of eternal life because of our faith and our belief in Christ. It's not because of what we do. It's not because of what we do. You know, many think they're going to get to heaven by doing good works. Oh, good works are great. But sometimes the good works are not from the heart. Isaiah says something here in, in Isaiah 64, verse 6. It says, But we are all as unclean things, and, and all of our, our righteousness is as filthy rags. He's talking about our. He's not talking about Jesus' righteous. When you accept Jesus, something happens. He gives you his righteous, and he takes your old righteous and destroys it. But he gives you his righteous. But without him, you're working on your own righteous. It says our righteousness are nothing but like filthy rags. They're useless. And all we do fades as a leaf. And our iniquities are like the wind and have suddenly taken us away. Our righteousness is like filthy rags. Many times people do good things only to get the praise for themselves. It's not to give God glory. It's not to give God praise. They want the praise. They want to do good things for people to see them do. And you've probably met people like that. You've maybe had it happen in your life. I know I have. But you know, I had that happen one time. But whenever this was going on, it was like a voice said, don't pay any attention. They are not of me. They are other selves, and they only want the praise and the glory. They are not of me. You know, that's scary. Because I knew the person, but yet I did not know. And then later on I found out that the words that God spoke that day were very true. He told me. I heard the voice. You know, I'm not saying it's an awful voice, but it was a voice so so strong in my spirit that I understood what he was saying. They cannot be trusted. It's not for my glory. It is for their glory. They're doing this only to be seen and glorified by other men. And that's what happens in a lot of things today. They're trying to get glory for themselves. You know, we have to learn. You know, the, the Bible tells us that salvation can never be earned. You can't do enough good works to earn salvation. And, uh, it's a gift from God, salvation. You can't do enough good things to earn it. You have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, believe in your heart that he is the Son of God, and trust in him. That's where your, that's where your salvation comes to, is what he did on the cross to bring you salvation. He came and died a horrible, horrible death just so you could have salvation. He didn't do that for any glory to himself. He did it for you. He did it so you could have eternal life. So that you could have a life in heaven all for all eternity to live among him and his father and among the angels. <clears throat> we all need to understand what it means to totally and truly believe. And that when you do, something is going to happen. A change is going to take place in your life when you truly believe. 
And some of you, and probably I hope in all of you, have felt a change take place that day. You said, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. You should have felt a change. You should have felt something that I'm different. You know, a Christian is different from an unbeliever. It's different from walking in the world. But yet, many claim to believe, but they don't. You know, it's going to be a sad, sad story one day when judgment time comes. Those you thought were believers. Those that you thought had accepted Jesus Christ. And God says something to them. Depart from me, for I never knew you. That's scary. I've thought about that. And I know in some of the messages I preach, I say some things, but I'm serious about it because I don't want to stand before God and Him ask me, why didn't you tell them what I told you to tell them? So some of the things that I say is things that God wants us to know. We're going to have a judgment day coming. And we better be ready now. We better start, because you know, the way things are going, the way this old world's looking, that judgment day is not all that far off. Not that far off. So when you truly accept Jesus, a change should take place in your life. Different thoughts, different things you do, different ways you speak. You know, there are still people, and I've corrected them. I love them. But there's some people that still say that they are Christians, they believe in Jesus Christ, and they walk, and yet every word that comes out of their mouth is a cuss word. So I thought you were a Christian. Well, why I am. I said, I don't believe you are. Why? Why don't you believe I'm a Christian? I said, a Christian wouldn't talk like you're talking. You would be so convicted by the Holy Spirit. Have you ever noticed if you've done something wrong in just a matter of seconds when you did it, all of a sudden you knew that you were wrong? You knew who that was? That was the Holy Spirit. He came to live on the inside of you. He came to comfort us, to comfort us, to walk beside us, of us, to help us get through this life. When we mess up, the Holy Spirit lets you know. He tells you. That's why you should have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. Because sometimes we do things that we're not thinking about. It's accidental, but yet we did it. And so, oh, I didn't mean to do that. Well, if it wasn't in your heart, it wouldn't have come out like that. Some people just, and they still, they don't understand a lot of it, but they, everything that they say is contradictory to God's Word. They want to argue about things. They want to argue about God's Word. And, you know, I've said it before, but when they say, well, yeah, I know God's Word says that, but. No, there's no but there. If God's Word said it, that's all there is to it. You don't have to add. You don't have to take away. Matter of fact, God said, don't add to my Word and don't take away from my Word. I give you my Word. Now stand on it, live by it, and be blessed. And sometimes we wonder why we're not being blessed. Because we're not living by the Word of God. We're not doing what God wants us to do. 
A belief that saves is much more than just acknowledging God's existence. A lot of people, oh yeah, I believe there's a God. But you're not really believing he's your God. You're just saying, oh, I believe there is a God that created all this. or something that happened. But that's not it. You're just, you, you, you've, got a, you've got a head knowledge, not a heart knowledge. The heart knowledge will tell you who God is. Head knowledge is what the world says. You know, even the Bible, you know, we can say, we can acknowledge God and everything, but even the Bible tells that the demons believe there's a God. But even the demons believe there's a God. They know there's a God. They've had dealings with him. Look at what it says here in James 2.19. It says, you believe there is one God? Well, you do well. The devils also believe and tremble, for they know what their fate is. We should be looking what our fate is going to be. If we don't stand and walk and serve God like he wants us to, there's going to be the day of judgment that comes. You know, believing in Jesus is not simply an intellectual understanding or a thought in your head. Believing in Jesus is a humble, sincere surrender to him. We have to surrender our heart, our mind, our soul. We surrender everything to Jesus. He says, what's the greatest commandment? To love the Lord our God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength. That's the greatest commandment. And then the next one was love your neighbor as you love yourself. You know, I've had some neighbors I've had some run-ins with, but that's in the past. It's in the past. There's forgiveness. Forget it. Go on. Jesus forgave you. You forgive them. Forgiveness is a, necess is a necessity that we have to have. It's something we must do. What does the Bible say? If you, if you want to be forgiven, then you must forgive. And sometimes it's awful hard. Because some of you have been through some things that's going to be hard for you to forgive. But God can put that in your heart to forgive. Believe me, I know. That God can put it there and you can forgive and move on with your life. You become a new person there. You don't have those chains around you that's holding you back. God will help you forgive. You know, <clears throat> when we humble ourselves before Jesus and surrender to him, that's the only way we can do it. We can't, well, I, can, I, I want to I, I serve you, Jesus, but uh, I kind of want it on my terms. That don't work. It's on his terms, not ours. Say, oh, I'd serve Jesus, but, you know, I, I don't know about some of this do-goody stuff and all this. I don't know if I can do that. If you truly serve Jesus and love him and, and, and will, will, will stand with him, he'll fix your heart. He'll change your heart. Change my heart, oh God, that I may have, be like you. Change my heart, and God will change your heart. He will change it if you truly want it changed. You know, 
And there was a lot of people who will never truly come and receive Jesus until, until they realize that they are an eternally that they are in an eternally lost condition. They have no hope. That's when most people will finally say, you know, maybe there is something to this Jesus thing. I don't see any way for me to go through and get out of what I'm in right now. But I understand that if I receive Jesus in my life, that he'll walk with me. He'll guide me. He'll bring me through a lot of things that I'm going through right now. You know, and Jesus will. He will. He will bring you through things. You know, uh, but we're eternally lost because of our sinful condition. Every man, every woman, every child has a sin condition. We were born in it. And the only way we're going to get out of it is to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, ask Him to forgive that sin, and He will take every single bit of that sin away. And He says, I'll never remember it against you. It's, I'm taking it away. It's gone. You forget it. Forget the past life that you lived. Forget the things that happened in that life. If you love me, I'm going to take all that away. I'm setting you free from all the things that happened and you're going to be a free person. I don't care what it is. Jesus said, I will take care of it. Any sin in your life, I will forgive it and I'm never going to bring it up to you again. It's gone. You forget it and live the life that I want you to live. I want you to be happy. I want you to be joyful. I want you to be thankful. I want you to have a life that's so blessed. But Satan wants to just the opposite. What does it say in John 10.10? Satan comes only but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's his only job here. That's the only reason he's here. Because he hates God. He hates Jesus. He hates the angels. And he hates you. He hates your children. He would love to destroy your children. When something happens to one of your children, how angry do you become? How many is when something happens are you going to blame it on God? God didn't do anything to your children. But Satan did. Satan comes, but only but to kill, to steal, and destroy. And Jesus said, but I come to give you life and to give it to you in an abundance. He said, take your choice, what you want. You want abundant life? Or do you want Satan in your life destroying it? Because he's going to destroy it every time he gets a chance. Anytime that you mess up, Satan says, oh, I knew you'd do that. I knew you couldn't walk with Jesus. Satan, I serve my God. You got something, you take it to him. I belong to him, not you. And Satan is going to threaten you. He's going to come against you in any and every way he can. He's going to bring stuff up that happened years and years ago to try to destroy your life, to try to cause problems in your life. See, God's already removed that from you. When Satan comes against you wanting to tell you that, oh, you remember when? Say, no, I don't. Neither does God. He took it away. I don't have it. It's not there. 
and I don't claim it. I'm free of all sin, of all shame, and everything that's happened to me. God has removed it all. Satan, I'm not even responding to you. I'm rebuking you right now in the name of Jesus. I'm rebuking you. You got something you want to talk to me about it? You talk to my God. He takes care of my business. He takes care of my business. You know, and we will never truly believe in Jesus for our salvation until we accept the fact that we are not able to save ourselves. Too many people think, well, I can take care of myself. I can do things that will please God. The only thing that's going to please God is to accept His Son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior. You can't do enough good works. You can't do enough things out there to save yourself. It won't happen. It can't happen. He said, it's only through my Son, Jesus Christ, can you be saved. And Jesus also says that, it, that to get to Father, you have to come to me. What does that mean? That means you have to accept Jesus before you can get to God. Before God can hear your prayers, before you can come to God. Jesus, you know, he said, well, Bill, why, how did he put that? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to God or to the Father but by me. No other way, no other way can you be saved. No other way. People would say, oh, there's all sorts of ways. No. One way, and that's through Jesus Christ. The only way. You know, I've, I've come across some people, and I found this illustration, and I love it. He said, we are like a drowning man. He will never reach up for help until he realizes and accepts his need to be rescued. Because he can't save himself. When he realizes he can't save himself, he knows he needs help, then that's when he's truly ready to reach up for help. He said, oh, I, I can swim out of this. I can get a hold of something. But when he realizes there's nobody else around to help him, he's ready for any help he can get. Because without that help, he's a drowning man. He's a dead man. We've got a dead spirit in us if we don't have Jesus Christ. We're like a walking dead person without the spirit of Christ living in us. For us to be saved, we must fully believe in Jesus and abandon all others who claim they can save you. You know, there's a lot of cults out there that, that, that claim everything in the world, how you can be saved. And a lot of them don't even believe that Jesus is truly the Son of God. There's one cult that believes Jesus and Satan are brothers. They think that Jesus and Satan are brothers. That God is the Father of both of them. And it's a cult... You know, too many times we would we, sometimes. Well, I put it like this: many times we give in to things because we can receive something that we really want. 
by, by doing something. Going a different way than what we're walking. I've got a scripture here, and I want y'all to listen to this, because it is so true. It's in Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. Jesus asked a question. He says, What good is it for a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? What good is it? What have you accomplished? You haven't accomplished anything. I'm going to read the scripture to you. For what shall a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You'd be surprised what some people would give. They would give their soul because they want something so bad. They'd be willing to trade whatever they could to get what the world is offering them. To gain the whole world is to receive everything the world has to offer you. What does the world have to offer you that you would really like? What about money? Fame, pleasure, power, prestige, and so on. And you know something? Satan can do that to you. Remember whenever he tempted Jesus in the, in the wilderness? If you will bow down to me, that's what he told him. He told Jesus, he said, if you will bow down to me and worship me, I will give you everything that you can see. No. Man shall not live by bread alone. He shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The world can offer you anything and everything you want. You've probably experienced it. You've probably been offered all kinds of things. But you knew it was the world. And you knew that if you said yes, you was going to pay a price. You were going to pay a price, a heavy price. And you said, no, thank you. I live only by the word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And you know what's going to happen? Satan is just going to turn around and walk away because he can't do anything else. He can't do anything else. That's how Jesus combated Satan is through the word of God. And that's how we should do it. You know, but to lose your soul is to die without, without a, right, a right relationship with Christ and spend eternity in the lake of fire where the flame never dies out. It will burn for all eternity. You've got a choice. You can take what the world offers or you can take what God offers. And I very strongly advise you take what God offers you because it's, it's the best deal you'll ever get. The very best. Salvation. Eternal life. In heaven, no more sickness. No more death. No more tears. No more crying. No more sorrow. No more death. Because then it says, For all these things have passed away. They're not in heaven. And you know when you get to heaven, you're not going to have any of this stuff to worry about? There is no sin in heaven. There is no sin. There will never, ever be sin in heaven. Heaven's going to be one of the greatest and most wonderful places you could ever be. I love what the Bible says about it. For eye has not seen, nor has ear heard, 
nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has in store for those who love him. We cannot even begin to imagine how wonderful and great heaven is going to be. We've never seen anything like it. We have nothing to compare it to. It's going to be such a joy. And such... There's people in heaven right now, if they had a choice of leaving heaven and coming back, no thank you, I want right here where I'm at. I don't want to go back to that world. I don't want to go back to that filth and that sin and everything that's going on down there. I want my heaven. I want the joy and the pleasures that heaven can give. And then we have a choice. We can make that choice. We can have heaven. We can have it through our faith and our belief. Uh, like I said a while ago, many people say they know Jesus. But what about if we lack that evidence of a changed life? Does people see Jesus in you? Do they hear Jesus coming out of you? Do they see you acting like Jesus? Believe me, if they know you're a Christian, you're being watched. They want to see how you react to certain things that go on. Are you going to blow up? Are you going to start cursing? Are you going to be non-Christian all of a sudden? You're being watched. When you get Christ down in you, he won't let that stuff come out. He won't let it. He'll put his hand over your mouth so you can't say nothing. If there is no evidence that you are a Christian, you need to return to the cross and then place all your trust back in Christ. You need to go back to the cross. You need to get on your knees before that cross. Say, Lord, I messed up. I thought I knew you. But, Lord, I don't. I don't know you like I thought I did. Please forgive me. Come into my heart. Let people see you in me. <coughs> Let me portray the evidence that I know you. And you'll be surprised what will happen. You'll be surprised how your heart changes and how different things in your life change. You know, when we completely turn our life over to the control of Jesus, that good things are going to start happening. You're going to see yourself producing good fruit. Good fruit. What, what, what's good fruit? That's the good things that you're doing for God and His name. You're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for His name. I know many people in here that when you've gone to visit people and done things out there, it wasn't for your glory. It was for God's glory. I've had people tell me, you know, I had somebody from your church visit me. I could see Jesus. I could feel Jesus. I said, yep, that's from my church. You know, or from God's church, not my church. But you know, it always feels, it always makes the pastor feel good. When people say, I met one of your people. They are so full of God. I said, thank you. People know you. You may not think they do. 
And many people would like to be like you. They'd like to have your faith. They'd like to have your desire to serve God, to walk with God, to do the things that God has called you to do. They would love to have your spot and do what you're doing. But you know, this is only going to happen in your life when you have the, when you have the belief in Christ that truly and fully saves. That's the only way it's going to happen. That's for you to come to Jesus, ask Him into your heart, not doubt Him, then walk with Him. Stay in His Word. When you have a moment, you sit down, pick up your Bible. I keep a Bible over there by my recliner. I got, to, you know, the other day I was down in my office and I looked up there on top of it. got a TV in that down there. And I've got my Bibles. I got to look at I had two stacks of Bibles. Different things. I had Amplified. I had International. I had uh, just a number of different Bibles. That sometimes I'm reading something out of one. I said, well, I thought I'm going to get just a little clearer interpretation. I'd reach over and get another Bible. Sometimes I meant King James, sometimes the word is true as it can be, but sometimes the way it's phrased, it's a little hard to understand. But you pick up another one, it's said in the same thing, but just a little different language that you understand better. It opens up a door. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see that now. Keep a Bible close to you if you get that opportunity. And I love if I'm watching a Christian program or something and somebody says something, say, hmm, I can reach over and get my Bible. Sometimes I want to check them out. I hope you check me out. I hope you too. I, hope you, I wonder if he's telling me the truth. Check me out. See if I am. I want you to. Because I don't want to say anything is not right or lead you astray. I want to tell you the truth. As long as I and as long as I give you God's word, that is the truth. It is the truth. If you're here today, I'm going to ask the band to come up. If you're here today and you feel like I need a closer walk with God, I don't know if I'm really right where I should be. I don't know if I've got all the unforgiveness going out of my heart or not. You know, you can do that today. You can have it removed. You can come up here to this altar, kneel down, say, Lord, I need you to do a work in me today. I need you to do a work in me. I feel, think that there's a, something there that I have not totally gotten rid of. Now, Lord, I know it's me. I know it's not you. But I also know it's you that can remove it. And give me that freedom that I've never known. Now, God can do that. He can forgive you. He can restore you. He can put you on the right track that when that day comes, it's time to, for judgment. He will not say, Depart from me, for I never knew you. But he'll say, Welcome home, good and faithful servant. Welcome home. That's what we all should want to hear. So I'm going to ask the band to play. But if you feel like you need to maybe have God just do a little tune-up in you, he can do that this day. 
right here at this altar. He's just waiting on you to come to him. Say, Lord, can I get a do-over? You've heard a do-overs, haven't you? Give me another shot at it. Give me another chance. He will. So I'm going to ask the band to play. If you feel like you would just like to have a moment with God, please come down, talk with him, and you're going to leave a different person. Thank mm-hmm. you.